Good evening, Boston. Welcome back to the VIP show, Voices in Progress. You're listening to part two of a two-part conversation with Jalen, Keon, Nosa, and Farris, four young men in the summer program of Youth Police and Partnership, YPP, a youth development and employment program of Children's Services of Roxbury. Thank you for listening to the VIP show on WBCA 102.9 FM. Tune in to more VIP show on Mondays at 6 p.m. or listen to episodes anytime online as a podcast at wbca.podbean.com. Three, two, one. This, this is Voices in Progress, Progress on 102.9 FM Boston. Boston. FM Boston. You're listening to the wisdom of young people from the Boston community. These are uh, four young men who are in the summer program at Children's Services of Roxbury in our Youth Police and Partnership Program. Uh, YPP has been around again for 25 years. One of the staples of the program has been helping young people in the community build relationships with different parts of the law enforcement community. And they do that a number of different ways. You just heard Nosa talk about uh, dialogues is one way in which that happens. Uh, we also had uh, times where the young people work on different community projects directly with law enforcement. Um, and you know, these are all geared towards the common goal, which is to build relationship, right? You actually said this, Nosa. I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what I heard you saying essentially is having an opportunity to connect, right? Just having a young, just having a, an officer there to be able to ask them a question, regardless of what the question is and regardless of what the answer is, just having an opportunity for them to be real with you and you to be real with them. There's value in that. Yeah. Um, I, that's, that's powerful. And yes. it, it, it's making me, it's reminding me of the pillars of YPP. And again, for the audience's sake, who again, may be just learning about YPP for the first time and doesn't have a lot of understanding of what the program is, um, I think it's also important to, to share the pillars because the pillars are, again, the foundation, the, what, the, the, the tenets that hold YPP together. And those five pillars are leadership, community, justice, safety and peace it starts with leadership because leadership um in my opinion is universal meaning it can tie to anything whether you are a family man a businessman a student a, a parent uh leadership is important um and, and it's and it's going to be valuable and it's going to help you become successful no matter what you're trying to achieve and this program when it was started was like i said mentioned earlier in the show was started as a opportunity to build relationships with law enforcement, but also as a way to build leadership in young people. And so I'm curious to hear from, from the young people we have here in the studio today, um, these four men, how leadership is growing in you as you're uh, in this program. And just in general, um, you get leadership from not just YPP, you get it from, you know, your own, your own other parts of the community too. So just as a question for me, talk, let's talk a little bit about leadership. Um, you know, Keon, when you think of leadership, what is it, what does that even mean to you? What does leadership mean? Nothing is really like everything is leadership, but like what really defines leadership? Like what, what is, is you define it? Define it for me. Like what like when you think of leadership, what does leadership mean for you? Just for Keon, what does it mean like, for you? Like when I think of leadership, one thing I think of is like just doing the right thing, helping your community, okay. like just always, just always being there and like always understanding. My think of leadership. Yeah. Well. 
Go ahead. You can get fair spot. Uh, to me, leadership is being able to show others the right way, even though everybody's standing against you. Like, for example, if you're with a group of people and they want to do something wrong and you know what's right, being able to tell them, yo, this is what's right, we got to do this. Even though you feel like I want to do this with them, you got to lead them in the right way. So to me, what defines leadership is, you know, being able to do the right thing and also telling, like being able to direct people in the right way. Yeah, I agree. And I, but I also see leadership as like, um, in your neighborhood, OGs or people that have been down your shoes, just giving you tips and gems about how to rock and like how to like get your money or just giving you gems about anything. To be honest, like it can be about how to play basketball, how to make it out or anything. Just those just show me real leadership skills. And it's about like, like just showing me like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree with everyone too. I also think like leadership also brings like, includes someone knowing what's right from wrong, you know, and also leading a group or a few individuals to the right path or a better path in their life, you know. Someone who brings people from bad paths or bad scenarios or situations and just basically telling them what's right from wrong and not telling them what to do with their lives or how to do anything in their life, but just telling them what's right from wrong and telling them that if they keep doing the things they're doing, if they are in a bad situation or scenario, you know, to stop doing it and basically just snap them out of anything that's bad in their lives and try to bring, you know, light into the darkness, you know. Let me step in one second. And because sometimes we hold the youth accountable, but sometimes we don't hold adults accountable. And, and, and I just want to touch on this, and I want the youth to listen to me very clear about this. We know you go through challenges, but I must say, and when I think about it now, where Harry Harden first came to, you know, taking over YPP, and when he came with that leadership shield, I was so set in my own mind. I was so used to the old stuff. I didn't want to move forward. And um, what really woke me up, Harry called me one day, and he's like, what's going on with you? And I'm being honest with y'all. I didn't want to hear nothing Harry had to say because I've been in YPP for a long time. Like, who's this guy come telling me when I knew about YPP? So Harry made a statement to me, and this what woke me up. And it wasn't that he feel he came in here, you know, he wanted to see new things happening. And I was used to the old way. He said, Tim, there's two things you could do. Either make a change or move on. And I sat back and I thought about it. I'm like, this guy really want to get rid of me? And it wasn't he, he didn't want to get rid of me. I just didn't want to listen to what he had to say. And I would say this to you. I would say this to all four of y'all that are sitting out there. He made me grow more. Because I was stuck in my old ways. I wasn't used to changes. And for you to be a leader, and I can sit here and speak about this today, for you to be a leader, you got to be willing to listen. You got to be willing to take risks. You got to be willing to make these changes to make the program better. Now, I'll be honest with y'all. We probably be still having YPP, but if I wasn't willing to make that change, y'all could have been dealing with someone new because I didn't want to take that step forward. But I'm be honest with y'all. I'm glad I took that step forward because I was like, no one is coming here. Someone I've been here longer than me telling me what to do. Mm. But guess what? He sat here and said, I just want to work with y'all. And guess what, guys? 
we sat down. I went to him, apologized, and listen, I'm ready to move on and take that leadership skill. And that what made me go over the top. And I want to thank you very much for that. I, I, Tim, I appreciate you sharing that. That's um, I mean, again, it's as real as it gets. I mean, we I remember those conversations, many conversations we had, and I remember those moments where we would come to those points where we're trying to figure out how do we get the program to to grow, and you know what you shared, what I would share with the young people in the studio today is such an invaluable lesson, right? Is the value of change, right? Like part of leadership is being able to accept change, but then also manage change. Right. And I would say, you know, Tim has been an extraordinary example of leadership, both in terms of how he has managed change, but then also how he brings it to you all every day. I, that's the piece that I get to sort of step back and see how it plays out. And I can tell you, it is amazing to watch every year, the amount of work it takes to, you know, this is the piece that, the audience doesn't see. This is the piece that the young people don't see. All the behind-the-scenes work it takes to, to to get things going and get things set up to make sure young people have what they need, to make sure you guys get a paycheck every couple of weeks, to make sure that, you know, the things that are in place need to be put in place. Those things are happening all the time. And it's why, you know, I could, again, I could sit here and talk, but you all know I don't have to front. You guys know you my face. I'm not in the program every day. You don't see me every day, right? Because I'm part of it is because I'm sitting in a studio uh, according to myself, um, but also because, no, honest, real talk is because I'm trying to help find ways to sustain this program, find funding, build relationships outside of YPP so that we can keep YPP going. And I get to talk about the work that, that, that Tim and our other staff are doing. I get to talk about the growth and development that you guys are having on a day to day, day to day. That's part of my job. And so I'm able to from I have a really unique perspective because I kind of get a first row seat at seeing what happens when you put good quality staff and good quality individuals in the room with good quality young people. Magic happens. Progress happens. Community happens. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I appreciate you, Tim, for sharing that. And I, I especially I appreciate the young people as well for, you know, for for being here and, and taking on this program, man. It's, um, again, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, man. Um, it got me losing my play. got me all emotional, man. I'm, I'm trying to, I ain't mean to do that, but I just let, had to let the young people know that adults go through changes too. And got to take that step forward. If you want to make things better in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're listening to voices in progress on WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston. Uh, voices in progress is brought to you by children's services of Roxbury and the Youth of Youth Police in Partnership, our peer leaders uh, from our summer program. We have four young men in the studio today who are sharing their experience in our summer program at YPP. Um, and we just talked a little bit about, you know, who they are and their their views in the community and their views on leadership. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys one more final question around leadership, and then um, we're going to make we're going to we're going to wrap things up. But. Let me just ask you this. Tell me, a, tell me a, a moment, and it can be from YPP, or it can just be a moment from your own life. Tell me about a moment where you had a leadership challenge, like t- a time where you just, you know, like I just was, I was struggling with leadership and what you did to overcome it. All right. Uh, I got a story. So this was in February, not really February, but like I went over the course of three months. You know, we started in December. 
it was in school with a game design unit. So our end goal was to make a game on Unreal Engine. So me and my group, you know, we were fooling around. You know, we really had a tough time concentrating because, you know, we were friends. You know, we didn't really want to do the work. So three months later, it's like a week and a half until the Game Expo. The Game Expo was where we would actually show our games. Mind you, they gave us three months because they knew it was going to take a long time with the coding, you know, making the characters, all that good stuff. So we had a week to push and cram everything together. And, like, we were in the beginning stages. Three months later, we were only in the beginning stages because we were fooling around. So... I guess I stepped up to the play. I took the leadership role because, you know, at the game expo, I didn't want to be the only, we didn't want to be the only team without a game to show. And also, I really didn't want to take the F because, you know, it 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 would have brought down my grade tremendously. So I stepped up, stayed up long nights trying to finish the game, was on the phone with my teacher, asking him for help. And, you know, the next day I would go to school early, you know, ask him, go to my, straight to my game design teacher. And, uh, you know, ask him for help, just, you know, taking on the leadership role because if my teammates didn't want to step up, you know, I had to do it. So, and uh, at the game expo, we ended up having the game. You know, we made the trailer, we presented. The kids, the kids, you know, we brought down the sixth graders. The kids enjoyed our game. And, you know, I just felt really proud of myself because, you know, I stepped up, I took leadership. I owned up. I saw my mistake. I saw where I went wrong. I stepped up and, you know, I got the game done. I love that. I love that you're sharing yes. that, Ferris, the, 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 that moment of having a challenge and then making an adjustment and then seeing the results. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the piece you can't really teach in some ways. Like, you have mm-hmm. to experience that in order to appreciate that level of leadership. And that, So I appreciate you for, you know, for recognizing that and sharing that because that, that's a major, major point. And also, uh, going back to, like, what I define leadership as, with being a leader, you also have to be able to see in your own see your own mistakes and where you go wrong. And once you see your own mistakes, you know you gotta be like know how to I guess fix where you went wrong and make sure you don't go back and also lead other people so they don't make the same mistakes as you did. Absolutely, I think what you're, you're what you're talking. Oh, go ahead, Tim. No, no, I was just saying, great. I like that story. That was very. Yeah, you you touched on this earlier when you were talking about leadership before Ferris but you were basically talking about basically how how you act behavior the behavior part of leadership is a really important piece you know Keon when I asked him he was talking about like first you have to even just define leadership you have to understand and know what leadership is for you before you can even make any adjustments right and then Nosa was talking about how important wisdom is right the wisdom of the community talking to OGs talking to people who have experience like there's not there's there's leadership and wisdom and sharing knowledge right Mm -hmm. and then you know I, I loved um you know, Jalen's point around, again, just be the morality piece around leadership, right? Right and wrong, like being able to demonstrate, you know, moral character, right? All those things are major parts of leadership. And again, it's why they're all so important. Um, you know, Jalen, just to, you know, kind of share a little bit more from your perspective, like talk about a moment in time where you either had a, a challenge in leadership or, you know, a time where you you had to make an adjustment or, or, or you know, make overcome a challenge and what you did to do it. I feel like one in particular moment around this year was around like third term of my school year. Um, I was I was really fooling around because for the past first and two terms I was passing with you know flying colors, A pluses and like Bs here and there. Third term I thought it was gonna be really late and I I, I didn't realize 
that I was failing all my classes until around two weeks before school ended. And I, I've made, I told myself when I see my progress report that I really got to step up and I got to stop fooling around. So I made the adjustment of going to sleep earlier, going to school on time, getting all my work done, get doing extra credit, telling my teachers what I could do to upgrade my, you know, up my grade. And the adjustment I made was, you know, basically putting, putting my mind and everything into my schoolwork and focusing all day, not liking, not going, you know, going to places, just being on my books and studies. And I made that adjustment so I could feel better about myself and to really realize that fooling around during school years is not something, you know, that people are used to do because at the end of the day, knowledge is power, you know, and I started to realize that when you know, I went. I was in situations where I didn't know anything and everyone knew everything else. And I felt really, you know, insignificant in certain groups. So that's what really pushed me mm -hmm. to realize that, you know, taking my school serious and taking my, you know, education serious is, should be my top priority no matter what. That's what's up. I mean, we, really what you touched on there is discipline, right? The idea of, you know, making the adjustment, seeing yourself slipping or seeing yourself going a certain way and then making the adjustment, tightening up the reins, and, again, being disciplined enough to make the adjustment so that you, whatever you need to do, study, change your habits, like that's another major part of leadership is discipline. So, again, that, that pointing that out is, is huge, man. I hope your peers or anybody listening to this show can recognize that. You know what? Um, what you, just, you just said so, – I'm sorry, I didn't cut you off. No, you're good. No, no, you said something that was very important, and it just brung – it, it, it just came back to me when Ferris and Jalen was talking. Um, it's something that you just said, a word you just said about behavior. Mm -hmm. And when I talk to youth, or even when I bring them in my office, even when I'm coaching basketball, or if I'm just having a conversation with a youth, it don't have to be coaching. Because one thing with me, I'm the pro. I, I know my title is the program manager, but once the youth step in that door, I'm a mentor. So. Well, when it comes to the behavior part, when I have a conversation, I always try to punish their behavior and let them know I'm not punish you. Well, I want to punish your behavior. So him with Ferris and same with Jalen, they, they punish their behavior with they, you know, to get where they have to be at. And a lot of youth always think that you want to punish them because if we have a lot of adults or even have someone who's talking to the youth, if they explain to them, I'm not punish you, but I want to punish your behavior, you could be the best person you can be and I think a youth will communicate more with you when you put in those words to them because a lot of youth just want to be like, I'm going to punish you, I'm punish you, but they don't talk about their behavior. Some youth don't even realize they have a behavior or um, Jalen just said going to school late or Ferris just saying that, you know what, I got to stay up late to get where I need to be at. Yeah. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, that, that, that is major because that first piece is you have to recognize the issue yourself. Like it, I can point it out to you a million times or it's people – around you can point it out to you, but if you don't realize it yourself, you know, you're not going to make a lot of adjustments. Right. Discipline, you said the key word, discipline do come in, yeah. but it's that behavior you got to change. Absolutely. That's real talk right there. Uh, you're listening to Voices in Progress on WBCA 102.9 FM Boston. Voices in Progress is a radio program brought to you by Children's Services of Roxbury and the youth and peer leaders of YPP, Youth Police and Partnership. We're joined today by four young men in YPP, Jalen Nosa, Farris and Keon. We just heard leadership moments uh, from Farris and Jalen. I want to go to um, Keon and then Nosa. So Keon, 
just tell us your what's your leadership moment like you heard your, your your peers talk about some moments of leadership they had can you identify a moment of leadership that you had recently that made you think uh yes i can um going back to the beginning of my school year going into 10th grade i was coming off like a quarantine path like like we didn't really like school was messed up we was able to do whatever we want really mm. even though we was on zoom so going back to the building like Going back to the building, I was just chilling with my friends. Like, you feel me? I was late to school every day. I was getting to school. I was supposed to be at school at like 8 o'clock. I was staying there like 9 o'clock, not like 8.45, just going to do more I wanted to do, my own thing. And I was skip. I was missing some classes. I was missing valuable learning time. Mm-hmm. And, like, one thing about me, like, my grades started to slip. I can honestly be honest. My grades were slipping. It was like, it was like I was getting some bare minimum grades. But, like, the thing is, I didn't really want that because I already knew it was not going to help me. Right. Like, that that might help you pass bare minimum, but, like, that's not really going to help. Just like we were just saying, you had to recognize level. the issue. Yep. You feel me? And what did so, you do? So what I did was that I started taking the risk of me just staying behind school, like, not doing what I want to do with my friends. It's like, nah, nah, today I'm going to stay back. I'm actually going to, like, because I got to work hard. Because mm-hmm. I can't forget. I might not know y'all. I maybe might not know y'all in, like, five years or nothing. Like, we, we don't know that. We don't know what the future holds. So I got to stay on my grind. Pay, pay attention to what my main, my main focus is. That's what's up. More, di- more, more opportunity. More, more example of discipline. Which I, that's what's up, man. This is. I love hearing these stories. I'm a. I'm gonna let the OG of the group kind of close us out with his with his leadership moment. Tell us, no, so what's a what's your leadership moment that that comes to mind when you after you hear your other colleagues talk about it? Um, one moment I was in school and um, I was with some friends in the hallways. We was just um, we was kind of skipping class, not skipping fully, but like. It's all good. They being a little late to class. Yeah. It's, it's past. You ain't going to get in trouble for it now. Yeah. It's all good. Being a little late to class. And um, <laughs> I was um I was just minding my business. I think I was on my phone at the time. Then um, an OG, not an OG for real, for real. I don't really, you know what I'm saying? But an older, somebody older than me, he was um just giving me game. He was talking about, like, don't even be around this behavior. You know you're not even supposed to be on that. You know, you know you're not supposed to be doing all this you know you're not your mom your father you know they wouldn't even accept all this so it's like just go to class just just give me game just about school and just about how in the long run this would just totally ruin my my um school and just my education so you just give me game i just ran with it and just um just started about that during the whole um like school year that's dope you you made me think of you know the word tim just brought up which again is the importance of mentorship um again like Someone, someone passing off wisdom and knowledge to you and saying, hey, this is a little bit of game to help you get to where you need to go, that's a mentor, man. That's mentorship. So the fact that you identified even that, Tim, as, you know, taking your title off and saying I'm a mentor first and foremost, again, that's, it's powerful and it, it's, it's real because that's actually what moves people when they have someone else who's been through, other, been through it or has experience and says, yo, learn from what I went through or learn from what I know. Like, that's... That's another example of leadership that's, again, really, really powerful. One last thing on this leadership. Nosa and Keon don't even know. Nosa probably know. Keon probably seen me, too. They don't know the school next to him. I used to sit in the store just about in the morning. I don't know if Keon ever seen me sitting in that store in Nosa and try to get somebody to be a leader because I used to go down there. Come on, man. Why is y'all giving this man a hard time? 
Um, y'all know what I'm talking about. Everybody goes in the store at the same time next to the oh, pizza shop. About the corner store. Yeah. About <laughs> I don't know if you remember seeing my face. I, um, I used to sit in that store every morning to try to help the man. Like, you see me there a couple of times, right, yeah, Nosa? Yeah. And seeing some of the youth in there because I didn't want to see them get in trouble. Yeah. And I used to wake up early in the morning, go down that school, that store because I know what time they're going to be in there. And I'm looking for someone in there just to be a, a leader. And I used to say to the youth, why is y'all giving this man a hard time? Why is y'all doing things y'all doing? Be respectful and everything. So I was trying to get one of them youth to be a leader. Then uh, I had a youth tell me, yo, man, you need to mind your business and everything. So I said, look, man, I'm not going to go back and forth with you. Only thing I'm saying, I don't want to see you in trouble. <laughs> I don't want to see you in trouble. He had some choice words for me. I'm sure. And I just said, you know what? You have a good, uh, great day like that. And then I had a guy who I coach in basketball. He listen, he's a great coach. Don't give him a hard time. And that's what diffused everything. So you have other youth that come in that, you know, helps you out. So yeah. I was happy to see that. See, I don't know if you even did this on purpose, Tim. I think you did, but I don't know if you even did that. You just gave your own leadership example right there of you sh- showing leadership to the young the young people and in the community. And then leadership from the other gentlemen who helped you out like that's all of that ties together everything we were just talking about is all in that example so that was that was a nice little tie-in man i'm yeah. the check is right here the check is right here take okay take, take the money. i know some tell you i was in that store all the time <laughs> yeah every day <laughs> every day <laughs> so we're gonna pause for a second so here's what we're gonna do all right i'm gonna um i want to do i want to do one more section are you guys good Oh, you feel like you're, t- you're tired. You okay? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. All right. I'm good. I, I want to do one quick more s- section. I want to just talk COVID, and then I want you guys to do your financial literacy piece, and then we're going to wrap it. All right? Okay. All right. So <clears throat> you're listening to Voices in Progress on WBCA 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. Voices in Progress is brought to you by Children's Services of Roxbury and the Youth and Peer Leaders of Youth and Police in Partnership, YPP. We have four young men who are in our summer program. Actually, uh, they um, hopefully will be in our all year of our program, but they're actually participating in our summer program this year. Um, Jalen, Nosa, Ferris, and Keon have been uh, enlightening us today with their presence, their views. And um, it's really powerful to hear the young people's voice talk about some of the things that you know matter to them. And we don't always give them a chance and opportunity to, to hear what they have to say. And so I hope you're enjoying this as much as uh, we are. I'm also joined by Tim Fitzgerald, who's the program manager at YPP. Um, Tim has been working with YPP 10 years now, and um, there's no one in, in our agency who has a more clear um, view and experience working with young people uh, than Tim does. So I'm blessed to have him here today as well. Thank uh, you. I, I want to talk COVID for a second with the young people because it's interesting for, for, for me. I mean, let me say this. The whole world obviously is experiencing this together. So we're all a bit shocked by, you know, the, what happened over the last few years and how it changed everything. But I'm really curious how it has affected young people because, again, we don't always ask you directly and your voices aren't always heard on this subject. So tell us, talk to us and tell us how has this pandemic impacted you, not just in, as students, but you as community members, as young men, in general, how has this pandemic been affecting you? Uh, I feel like uh, the pandemic really just had people, like youth change. I've, I've seen youth go from playing in the gym all day, playing basketball all day, playing sports all day, to going online, uh, being in 
being gang affiliated, doing all this wild stuff. It's like it was crazy. I was like, nah, I was crazy. So you seen you actually seen youth change, like going from going to being more attracted to gangs and things like that. Yeah, wow. Like with with gyms closing and all these all this stuff closing. I seen people that I didn't even notice, like even had that side of them just going into gangs and throwing up all these sets and all. I'm, I'm like, I, oh. I just they yeah. got it. Yeah, bro. Yep. It also made people lazy too, you know, especially with school, especially when it, it peaked in 2020, you know, because I, I remember going to like eighth grade and, you know, it all happening. It When it became virtual, I feel like everyone just thought like it was just a cheat for school, you know, like they're going to pass either way because of this pandemic. So I feel like it made people mentally lazy and made people feel like they don't have to do nothing, especially I could see that too in this year because this is the year where everyone kind of just went back to school. And I, I seen it in their behavior. You know, a lot of people I knew behaved like if they didn't have no type of discipline or backbone, you know, mm. at their house. And wow. it just made them feel like they could do whatever. And to be honest, I never understood that fact, you know, because I felt like they was just trying to put that as an act as well, you know. But at the same time, a lot of people just blame it on COVID, you know. And not a lot of people can't really say much because people don't even know what they truly went through. And I feel like people just think that they would just be like, Talking something they don't really know. Um, like I want to talk about the mental aspect, cause I I want to talk about oh yeah, I want to talk about before COVID. You know, I used to be really outgoing. I I used to know how to like speak with people. You know, I used to know how to make friends. You know, I used to always go outside a lot. But then during the peak of COVID, you know, we all know we were in lockdown for like almost three two years, and like when we came back to school, you know, I was just really to myself i didn't really like talking to people and like that's just because i really lost all my social skills because i was always inside my house only people i spoke with was my family so and like a lot of my friends they stayed inside too they did their own thing so like for like two years almost two years i was just to myself you know and like that really broke me down and like i just lost all social skills so when i came back to school bro i was just very awkward because like i didn't really know how to speak with people the most, like, the most that I did was speaking people was just text messages. And, like, let's be honest, you can't really, you know, interact with people. Yeah, it's yeah. different. Text, texting people is different than yeah, actually yeah, interacting definitely. with them live, you know. So I feel like, not just me, but I, I can, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. Like, just, like, the peak of COVID and, like, lockdown just broke people. I'm not going to lie. That's major. Um, just throwing in there real quick, my daughter is uh, a little younger than y'all. She's 13, but... That's exact. What you just described is exactly what my daughter went through in terms of the adjustment and going from being very social to then isolated for, you know, a year or two online and then going back to to school and feeling really awkward and having a hard time making that adjustment. So the fact that you put words to that, to your experience. And like you said, I'm sure there's a lot of people relate to that. How many of y'all in the, can y'all relate to that? Others in the room as well? Yeah, I could fully yeah. relate to that. How did you? What did you do to get over it? Are you still getting over it? What do you? What do you? What did you do? Or what are you doing? I mean, naturally, I'm like more of a laid back person, and you know, I like to observe my, you know, our area or environment. So that never really changed about me. But the the aspect of going up to someone and like first meeting them and becoming friends is it was the most challenging part, especially going into like tenth grade. You know, because I definitely skipped over my whole freshman year. And it kind of it kind of hurt it a little bit because I, I would never say that I actually had an experience with being a freshman. And it kind of just kind of just hit a little bit. But 
I think I got over it by, you know, having nice people around me and actually having people willing to talk to me after like a span of a week, you know, getting to understand my environment. I understand what people I should be around with and what people I shouldn't be around with. Fair enough. Listen to Voices in Progress on Boston's community radio station, WBCA 102.9 FM Boston. Voices in Progress is brought to you by Children's Services of Roxbury and the peer leaders and youth of Youth Police and Partnership, YPP. Um, we're joined today by four young men in YPP, Jalen, Nosa, Ferris, and Keon. Keon, I want to hear from you in terms of your COVID response. Man, How has COVID been dealing with you, you dealing with COVID rather, and you know, what have you learned during this pandemic about yourself? Um, during this COVID times, I'm not gonna lie, I was very social. You don't have to lie. I tried. You can tell the <laughs> truth. You can tell the truth here on this show. <laughs> but to be honest, like I was very social with a lot of people around my school. Like my name was known around like a lot of places in my school. Cause because my reputation, like how I was viewed, like hopefully a good way. I hope. I guess you could say it. What's <laughs> called, like, yeah. Um, going into COVID, I'm not gonna lie. That started like I started just like being more active to myself because like I just started taking initiative. I just, it's me by me at home by myself. Like I'm not really talking to nobody. Like we just gotta go on Zoom. At first, it wasn't Zoom. It was called. They had this like give, they gave us a package for like two weeks because it was supposed to be like a two week restriction. That's what they're expecting. But mm-hmm. it turns out it became long term. So we had to go inside school, pick up our Chromebooks, blah blah blah. And etc. What's called over quarantine? Like I started becoming more distant to myself, like because like you feel me? I didn't really talk to nobody besides my friends. Like the ones I was really close with. And what's called coming back into school right now? I'm like I'm building that again, but what's called it's not gonna be the same. Like in my opinion. Um, no, so I'm curious from your level, what what has COVID taught you, or what did you learn throughout this pandemic? Well, what adjustments have you made? Um, I really like, not really huge adjustments because I've been a person where I'm to myself all the time. I'm just quiet, just to myself, just minding my own business. But thing, one thing that COVID really did change is probably like my view on certain people and okay. just like certain people that shouldn't be getting my time and attention and certain people that should be just left alone and just also just this money, to be honest. I was... During quarantine, I was, uh, I mean, but before quarantine, I wasn't really getting anything like huge, not huge, but anything like to do with. But then when quarantine hit, and um, I just looked at stuff and just people just being weird and just all this social media stuff going on. I'm like, yeah, it's just time to get off and just do something else. So I just took that time and just took that break and just started to get a little, little bit more cash and just be to myself even a little bit more. That's really interesting that you, you took this as an opportunity to to start thinking about building your income and, you know, being, again, back to that discipline word, like being more disciplined about your habits. But you, you, you touched on money, and this is a good segue into uh, the next part of the show, which um, the young people that here all wanted to produce a segment of the show, and they wanted to talk about financial literacy. And... You know, financial literacy is, you know, you it's a major topic, obviously, for a lot of different reasons. But rarely do we hear this from young people, right, from young people talking about, you know, financial literacy and what it means. So uh, I want to ask y'all, like, what what is t- talk about financial literacy? Why is it important? 
and you know share some tips with the audience or with if you're if you had other friends here what would you tell them about financial literacy um i mean me personally like we came together as a group to talk about financial literacy me personally i'm still learning about it but i feel like a great tip that i can give to people young people is start young I mean, that's never it's never really too late, but it's always good to start young, you know, because that means you have more time, uh, more time to gain experience, you know. Yeah, that's a great tip I can give. Most definitely. I love it, but I'm I'm gonna push you a little bit. What def, let's define it first. What do we What are we actually saying? Is what What is start young doing what? Start young, saving money, getting money. Okay, getting money, saving money. Yeah. Okay, having the experience to actually know how it feels like have a job at a young age you know that's what i feel like and also start young like learning what to do with your money mm. you know how to save it what mm. to do with it you know rights from wrongs you know what you should buy versus like it's more like what you need to buy than versus what you wanted to buy you know it teaches you that in the long run yeah to be honest i feel like youth nowadays just want to look cool just to have a stack of money to their ear just spreading a stack of money with their hands, doing all this this goofy stuff with money is just it's just childish to me. I'm like, bro, you can literally just save your money. Whatever stuff you want to buy, you can buy it. But most of the time you can really just ask your parents to buy it. They'll probably buy it for you. You can stack your own money. And later now in the long run, you really look at it like, Wow, it's just that really helped. I truly yeah, I like I really agree with Nosa. I feel like a lot of the youth today like living in the now and what i mean by that is they feel like they have to flex and buy all this expensive and fancy stuff because it'll make them look cool now but say two three four five months from now those that new jordans those new jordans or new alexander mcqueens that you just bought you know they're gonna be messed up they're gonna be, they're gonna be worn down and yeah, that's gonna decrease in price like uh, that 200 like band that you just spent on it down the drain because what you want it to look good for the now you want it to look good for your friend yeah. or your girl it's mainly social media though like that makes everyone like yeah. these kids mentality feel like they just need to do that it's you the know? influencers you yeah. go on social media see young boy or little baby just flashing you want to you just want to be like that mm-hmm. hey hey don't don't call y'all we all know it's young boy you know where all this coming from and this way i said earlier where we gotta have these it's great that y'all doing financial literacy. It's great that, you know, you talk about money management. But I just feel that it's where we really, really, like, when we talk about certain things, it's just not about the police, but have these uncomfortable conversations. Because let's look at this. Our counterpart, they have these financial literacy at schools. they teaching them. But in our community, I want to ask y'all this. Do y'all feel that financial literacy should be a curriculum in school, healthy money management? Because when you look at, when you look at, Young people of color right now. Only thing we really know when we get money in our hand, not a lot of people, but materialistic when it comes to money. Right. You know, keeping up with the Joneses. But yeah. and I'm not blaming them because you even have adults who never learned about money. True. So let me ask you a question: Do you feel that if they have financial literacy teaching them about money management, how to save, and you know, budget? You think that will help out and instead of being in that competition? That because I see you with this and I gotta buy that. What do you think about that? Yeah. I feel like it would be very beneficial to the youth, especially because a lot of kids nowadays, like, 
they they want money and they want to obtain like as much money as they can but they don't really know nothing about how money's like where money comes from how to obtain it for real mm-hmm. or how to get it the legal way you know so i feel like if we had that in school even if you wasn't fully paying attention throughout the year at least you're gonna learn some valuable you know things or valuable knowledge on how to go about saving or going about even like purchasing or like getting your type your money right and also like with youth like me personally i don't want to feel regret when i buy something or when i do something with my money i want to feel accomplished i want to say oh yeah i did this it's going to help me in the long run and like i really don't because regret is a terrible feeling and when you feel regret there's like no coming back but when you feel accomplished you feel like you can move on you can do you can feel you feel like you can do something better so yeah yeah i asked i asked my teachers to actually tell the principal or tell the dean or whatever to actually put a a curriculum where they learn about money i can just tell they just took it i just told them that they just took that idea and just ran with it and something around with it some actually just took it and just went out the other ear i can just tell they're not hungry and not like actually trying to have us learn about actual stuff to do with money and how to pay taxes or how to do anything with it i feel like it's also beneficial too because like my own personal experience with my school we have this class it's called build it's like it's for entrepreneurship you know it teaches you how to run a business have a business and everything else and i feel like it's very valuable too because it teaches you what you also want to do you know because like if you ever got interested in you know if you're ever interested on on actually owning your own business instead of working for someone you have people work for you or work in a team to obtain money you know i feel like it's it will be very really valuable for people to understand or you to understand that you know it's it's really easy to obtain money when you understand how it works um yeah also, one more personal experience. Um, when I was with Upward Bound two summers ago or last summer, I can't remember. Yeah, two like last summer, there was this financial literacy class that we had. And I'm going to be honest, I barely paid attention. A lot of the time I was sleeping because this was the peak of lockdown. All I want to do was sleep. But there were times I was listening. And from those times that I was listening, even today, like till this day, the times that I was listening, like the information that I gathered, I still use it. Even when I don't know that I'm using it, I'm using it. So just imagine, you know, what I could have done if I actually paid attention all the whole class. Because the very little information that I gathered and gained, I'm still using it to this day. So I feel like financial literacy should be added to um, school curriculums. Um, Kia, if you want to answer, go ahead. Because I want to ask Nosa something about financial literacy. But if you want to answer, go ahead, Kia, about... I was just asking about curriculum. Um, I do agree. I feel like they should implement that to schools because, like, there's a that thing, because financial literacy is literally way more important than us having to learn about art, like, like for example, or or like a reading class because, like, do do those help you in life? You re, you really gotta think about it. do those really help you in life? Does art really like that? Like that's for people that don't really want to do that, like going to the art way. Like when to grow up, like people that actually want to do something like with their time. So I, w- I would challenge you on that. I mean, I think I know exactly what what you mean by it, and I, I don't think you're wrong per se. But I will say that art th- for for the student who needs to use art as a as a creative way to express themselves. Yeah, yeah. you know, it has value, right? Yeah. Um, now, financial literacy again, where I, I 
continue to agree with you is that that is very important and it needs to be have a more prominent role in schools. And it's unfortunate that it doesn't. I mean, we and we could have a whole other show and talk about why we think that is and, you know, why the system is set up the way it is. Um, but the, the reality is, regardless of whether or not it's taught in schools, every one of us has to be invested in trying to be more financially literate. We have to do what we can, regardless of what they're teaching in schools, to to learn about money and how to use it. You guys, you, you gentlemen brought up some really good points. First about how to, the importance of making money, right? So first it's getting your skills together so that you can earn an income. But then it's also about what you then do with that money once you do get it, right? I'm going to, I want to give you this nugget because it's actually, I don't know if you noticed Tim, you might, you may maybe remember this. When I was my final year in undergrad at Springfield college, my final project was to work with a, a, a local community program and try to implement a, some kind of program in the community. And what we chose to do was try to do a financial literacy program with a young program called youth police and partnership. <laughs> and that was about 12 years ago. And the group that I was working with, what we came up with was this acronym called CASH. And you had brought up CASH earlier, no side thing. You were using that term. And so this would be helpful for you, both for hopefully for you in the room and also for the audience as well. But remembering these four things, particularly for young people who are trying to be more financially literate. CASH, credit, assets, savings, home ownership. All right, I'm going to say that one more time. CASH is credit, assets, savings and home ownership credit right first and foremost understanding credit if you leave with nothing else that you heard from me today or ever in life know that your credit is one of the most important things you can understand and know because your credit will dictate how much you're if you're able to buy a home if you're able to buy a car your interest rates right your ability to how much you can borrow is it completely tied up into your credit so you're you're Knowledge and, find, and, and understanding of credit is majorly important, okay? Secondly, assets. Understanding what an asset is versus a liability, right? An asset is something that you own that could potentially appreciate in value or can gain value, right? And the more assets you have, the more opportunity you're going to have to be able to build wealth, that you're going to be able to generate income, that you're going to be able to be more financially stable, right? As opposed to liabilities, which liabilities are things that cost you money, right? Um, savings, being very, being very, being very um, conscious of how much money you actually put away for savings, right? And then where you put them. Not just putting savings in a bank, but you can also create savings by putting them in stocks. You can put savings. You can put money in other financial outlets that'll have help you grow your money, not just in the bank, right? And then lastly, is home ownership. One of the key things to building wealth in this country and in this world is home ownership, is real estate. And again, these are things that we don't learn until far longer in our life. We should be learning these right now. All of you should be learning these right now. All right. Last thing I'm going to tell you, because we, we talked about this on another show, and it's so important when, it's, when we talk about financial literacy. A study was done by the Federal Reserve. Do you guys know what the Federal Reserve is? Heard of it. Right. It's, no. a bank. it's basically the government bank. Let's look at it that way. All right. But the Federal Reserve did a study along with the Boston Globe, and they did they looked at how much each average in household income was for black families and white families in Boston. All right. 
For white families, the average household medium income was $247,000. Right? So basically how much income they were worth. For black families, how much do you think it was? Less than 100K. Yeah, less than 100K. <laughs> that's, that's less than 100K. Probably less than like 80. Less than 80K I, I, too. I, I got less than like, like less than 60. Uh, I say like 50. Less than 50K. Right, 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 right. 20. 45. Less than 45. 20. Less than 20. Less than 15. $8. A year or an hour? $8 in uh, household and medium income, meaning right. that's how much they earn on an annual basis is $8. $8 a year? What? How is that even possible? That's their total worth, all right? Oh, because, yeah, I know what you're talking And about. what it comes down to is that that number is tied into home ownership. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of white families and a lot of families in general, their income and their, their assets, their, how much they own and their wealth is tied into their home. And so if you don't own a home, if you're renting, then you are not making as much money. You're not as you don't have as much ownership. You don't have as much value. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning income wise, not value in terms of value. You know what I mean? I'm talking in terms of financial value. Right. right. So anyway, these are things to just keep in mind. You know, your credit, your assets, your savings and your home ownership. You keep in mind those things. You're going to have uh, more uh, financial backing in life. Um Gentlemen, this has been an amazing opportunity to, to, to listen to you, to talk to you, to understand from you, to learn from you. Um, I'm, if you have something that you want to leave the audience with, this would be your opportunity to do that. I'm just going to go around, you know, tell, you know, share with the audience one more one piece of wisdom that you want to share um, and maybe something that you hope to get out of YPP for the summer. But I want to thank you all for, for this conversation. So, uh, Keon, let's start with you, man. What's what's a, what's your final words for the audience? Um, I really ain't got nothing to say. It's either you take it or leave it. <laughs> like you take this information and leave it. Oh, my fault. Yeah, like, you take <laughs> this information passion. and leave it because it was called like it was called. I remember what Tim said. It was like it doesn't matter how you take it. No, no, no. no it doesn't, doesn't matter how you say it. Yeah, how you say it. It matters how you take it. Like, nah, something like something that. Something like that. Tim, can you repeat that? Like the thing you said? It doesn't matter. It's not, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah, yeah, it's not what you say, it's how you, you say it. And like, we're trying to, we're keeping it real with you. Like, we're trying to let you know, like, this is like something that like actually could benefit you. You should actually do, think about it. Yeah. Appreciate that. Um, I think what I would say is, if you got a dream, chase it right now, you know. Start running right now. Because I wouldn't say it's never too late, but sometimes it's, it's late, you know. So chase it right now while you can and while you still got your two feet on the ground, you know? So what I can say. Uh, My departing words is I wish I learned this or I wish uh someone told me this, but there's always going to be somebody there for you even when you don't know it. And sometimes you just got to go out searching for that person. Don't just, you know, stay to yourself because, you know, it's always going to be someone there for you even if you have to go search for them. Yeah, I also say... Focus on your dreams. Don't care what anybody else says about you. Like, for example, I see, like, people chasing their dreams. Like, for example, people making clothing brands. I always support them clothing brands because it's like, from you being from the same environment as me, you being from the same neighborhood as me or whatever, it just shows, like, I can do it myself if I wanted to do that. So it's like, I always support people doing whatever they have to do. Any black-owned business, any business trying to make it up I, I, I always support that because it just shows like they trying to make it out just like everybody else should be well once yeah. again thank you tim i appreciate you want some final words for the audience yeah um 
when you were just talking about you came to YPP 10 years ago to did that money management. Mm-hmm. Ferris, yeah. remember the board I gave y'all? Yeah. That's what Harry did 10 years ago. <laughs> oh. That's what Harry did 10 oh. years ago. If you come up there, Harry, we still have it. See, you um, know, this is, I love and, it. And, and if you don't mind, one last thing. When I was asking NOSA, we were just talking about financial literacy. Right quick, NOSA. When we bring, so we don't teach these in school. When we bring them in Michelle Braywater, what's something that, right quick, that you learned from Michelle that you didn't know? Because these are some of the things that the schools don't get a chance to offer to you, but we bring them into YPP. Right quick, NOSA, what did you learn from Michelle when it came to financial literacy? Um, I'll say... Just to do right with money, it's just like I don't like I don't know how to explain it, but it's just like do right with. Don't even like try to fit in or just be just be yourself with money. Like you get some type of cash, don't just blow it on the first thing you see just because you want to be seen as cool. I'm saying just just like be patient with money. Actually think it out. If you can't find anything to actually spend with the money, just save it. If you can't. If you're not actually doing something with the money to save it, what are you having the money in your hand for just holding it? Like, you're not doing nothing with it. So just save it. Or if you're actually having the mind to spend on something, like, for example, say I had 400 for a pair of shoes. Say the shoes, I'm iffy about if I should buy it or not. I don't know if I want it or not. I don't know. But I'm just just I'm just I'm stalling with it. At this point, I might as well just save it. Because why am I just holding the money just for nothing for it? So you might as well just save your money and just, might as well just stack it for a better pair of shoes. Yeah, like, if you have the contemplate on if you should buy it or not, then that means you shouldn't buy it. Facts. One more thing. Um, <laughs> if you're, like, if you're asking yourself, like, if you're going to get something, ask yourself this. Am I doing this for myself or am I doing this for someone else to look good? That's all I got to say. Because that's what I ask myself all the time. Am I doing this for myself or am I doing this so I can look good for someone else? I go, mm-hmm. on, so, I go on social media looking at people just be flashy and IRL like in real life they just like they don't even like they nothing like that they taking MBTA buses everywhere they doing all this like, what is you what is you doing all this flashing for if you know you're not like that like right. stop it yeah we, we could probably do a whole other show we might have to have yes. y'all come back and do a whole second show about why people decide to flex on social media when you know there's no you know what does it really do for you at the end of the day you know what I mean that's a whole other topic but right. I, I I can't tell y'all how much uh, how amazing this conversation is. Um, once again, Nosa, Ferris, Keon, Jalen, we appreciate you. Uh, we hope you enjoy the rest of your summer. Um, I hope you continue to get a, a great experience out of YPP, and you know appreciate you for sharing your again your your knowledge and your wisdom with with the audience and with your peers, man. And Tim, thank you for everything you always continue to do, brother. Um, you know, this is uh this is a, a labor of love as they say. You know what I'm saying? We come to work every day and we get to, you know, spend time doing this and again interact with these young amazing young people. So, you know, life is good. Um and, you know, there's a lot of a lot of things happening in this community in this world that are not so good. But the fact that again that we have programs like Children's Services of Roxbury, like YPP and like the young people in these rooms, these next leaders, I feel pretty good about where we're going. And we want to thank you, too, for having us here. And, yeah. you know, not only the ducks, but all about the youth and hearing their voices. So we can't thank you enough. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you y'all. Us, thank you. Again, Voices in Progress is brought to you by Children's Services of Roxbury and the Youth of Youth Police in Partnership. 
Um, we are brought to you also by WBCA 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. Thank you for listening to Voices in Progress. Join us another time, and we'll catch up with you very, very soon. Have a safe summer, y'all. Peace. 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 Two, one. This, this is Voices in Progress. Progress. He's saying Boston. That was me. I said Boston, too. I keep saying Boston. This is Voices in Progress, right? Yeah, voices, voices in progress, progress brought to you. Brought to you by or on three, two, one. This, this is voices, voices in progress, progress on 102.9 Boston. Oh yeah, we did that. Yeah. We got that. Yeah. <laughs> Leave on a good tip. Great tip. <laughs> good stuff, y'all. Wow, this was great. That was fun. Yes, it was. That was fun. This is, this is actually really mm-hmm. fun. fun.